Hello, and welcome to part two of the rom-com episode of The Best Thing I Ever Saw with Andy, Rachel, and me, Sam. Thanks for listening up at this point, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Okay, let's move on to uh, Most Likely to Stay Together. Oh my god, we're already here? This is like making me sad. Okay. Well, we, there's, there's another podcast coming up soon, hopefully. Um, I didn't think about this as much. Um, does anyone else have some some thoughts? I do. I think Joe Fox and Kathleen Kelly are the most likely to stay together. I don't think it's a great movie. I have a lot of faults in You've Got Mail, but I think from a sheer compatibility standpoint and life situation standpoint. Well, for, yeah, for the financial security, they, the financial you know, sec- they yeah. pretty much have to stay together from yeah, Meg exactly. Ryan's perspective. Yeah. Well, if she becomes a booked uh, child presumed book editor, she might be making a little bit of money. Um, also, although, from a financial, from my financial <laughs> s- situation, wouldn't it be beneficial for her to get divorced then? She gets half his money? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. But I just think that she, like... First of all, they like they already live and love the same place. Like yeah. that works out very well. Like they like are in a very similar world. They in terms of their biggest obstacle, there's some movies that like push pause on the big obstacle for the person for the people, or they like are like, oh, well, we're working it out. Like they solve their biggest obstacle. Like it's done, and they just. They just seem that they could really get along together. They also both seem like their bar is, frankly, pretty low. Um, or, like, I should say that their, like, expectations are pretty reasonable. Like, they just – what does he say? Like, it's a very sweet speech. Like, like do you want to, like, go rent a movie, like, for the rest of our lives? Like, there's nothing crazy electric about what they there's have going speech. on. It's a great speech. There's They're nothing friends. Cra- They're really good friends. It seems very sustainable. Like. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not it's, it's not super fireworky. It's not like they're like chasing something. And you get this sense and they and they clearly like have worked they bother each other, but they bother each other in a sustainable way. Like there's nothing there doesn't seem to be any like skeletons in the closet in terms of like, oh my god, they're gonna get so sick of each other about this in about two seconds. I just think that they would I just think that they definitely would stay together. I agree. I think for a lot of the same reasons, even though well <sighs> Because I believe Harry and Sally as friends so much, there's a part of me that thinks that that would also work. Look, today I but get he's to marry a, my best friend. But he's an a, but he is an asshole. He survives the movie by saying by apologizing in the right at the right time. You know, Tom Hanks. Like, no, 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 sorry, Harry. Billy Crystal. Okay. Um, like he is so such a dick just to the point where she's about to leave and then he apologizes and that's just not sustainable. Um, so that kind of makes me think, but I, I think that having a good basis, which some of these movies don't, and we'll get into those in the next category, I think is important in terms of at least making believe that they might be able to stay together. I think I agree. I think it is. You've got mail. Uh, I went with Harry and Sal- or Billy Crystal, Meg Ryan. Yeah, that's. Um, I, there's a lot of right answers here. I think. I don't know if there are, to be honest. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I think these two might be the the only really good ones. Well, except for Kamel and Emily. But, the, yeah, but this I mean, is the not Kamel and Emily. This is Kamel and Zoe Kazan. 
Uh, Alexa's trying to get in on the podcast. I think I heard her say, you're right, Andy. There are a lot of right answers to this question. I don't, I don't find there are that many right answers. So, Andy, well, well, Sam, you were, you were wise to add the caveat that in answering this question, one should ignore any sort of post-credit add-on. Yeah, because uh, it like, negates the... Four weddings and a funeral kind of cheats. Right. But I think they're, well, I don't know, maybe. Maybe they'll sit together, maybe they uh, won't. Oh, hell no. But anyways, <laughs> Harry, uh, Meg Ryan, Billy Crystal, I mean, they got such a great story. They've been through enough to give them, you know, evidence that that it sort of failed once, but they beat that and now they're to, together again. I don't know. I don't know. something about this question, I don't, it doesn't really... It's hard. Yeah. I think the next question might be a little easier. Yeah. Are we good on this one? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Any other? Okay. Second most likely to stay together I mean, is Hugh Grant's brother. I mean, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hugh Grant's brother on. and the woman who wants to For, be with him. Are, is Longshot <laughs> included in the, uh, in the post-credit scene where they're talking? Where he the goes, basis she, that, I'm her mister. That, so the basis that if, if you consider that to be part of the movie and not I put because it's it's not too long after the end of the movie it's not too long shot when when has when have the former first lady and president ever gotten divorced yeah I guess we need to find together yeah like I, mean, I think that would be Bill and Hillary of, definitely have an arrangement yeah but I don't know if they're and I think they have, they're probably better for each other than Bill and Hillary. I might say Longshot's actually up there in a weird way, just because of, the, because of not necessarily their relationship and what we know about it, but because of the nature of their relationship and who they are. Anyway. I, would, I would say that even though rationally I agree with you, I think that that movie ends on such a weird note with their relationship. The like Dom subby, like she's my mister, like what, whatever. Oh, I love that shit. I just... I just think that like that so reduces the relationship that they have to just like, isn't it funny that she's the boss? Like it, it just feels like it just. I don't think it, it's necessarily it, reducing it. It's it. such like a well or such like a poorly focused button. That's just like, oh, that's not why I was into you two at all. Um, and I just, I dislike that. And so therefore I don't like where they end up. I think they're mostly, I think they're playing it up. Like, that's the joke. I don't think it's necessarily, anyway, Andy, whatever. what do you think of that ending? Uh, before we got any further, I was going to say, she's the boss, great name for a movie. <laughs> Andy, what did you think of that? Um, I, I, I see where you're coming from. I. Who's you? Rachel, sorry. Um, not crazy about the whole post- credit add-on unless it's a gag reel or a line-o-rama circa 2005 <laughs> i it's it's a little too i mean i i think i'm on the side of seth rogan ultimately throughout all of this um throughout this genre journey <laughs> but it's a little it's like it's a they're laying on a lot of rogan in the in the in that in that end cap from the this the I painting. do uh, 
Yeah, and I think, I mean, it's funny that it's Todd McFarlane. I meant to research that. Is that actually Todd McFarlane? It doesn't really look like a Todd McFarlane. And if it is, they could have gone a lot more arch with it, with its Todd McFarlane-ness. Um, I have no idea. But yeah. It's, yeah, just his sort of like quirky, I'm so slight in all of this kind of goofiness is, is kind of... Uh, the Kennedy joke is very funny and it's one of the funnier mo- jokes in the movie, but the rest of it, cause that actually shows like his actual, like his, I don't know, like that's a good, you know, the like who killed Kennedy and her reaction to that is funny. But yeah. The actual note that that movie tries to leave you. I on guess I, I agree with you. Their relationship but... is the wrong note. Okay. And I'm not trying to, uh, this sounds very, um, men's rights activist-y, but he reads very neutered in the scene. Like, it's, it's totally. I think that's the joke. Excited. That's the joke, though. I, I don't, anyway, I'm not whatever. Sure it is. I agree. I don't He like seems it. way too, on a meta level, he seems way too pleased with himself in his delivery of all of it uh, for it to be the joke. Yeah, it's, and like, that's not, the point of the movie is not him learning how to, like, be less of a, dummy guy like that's not the point of the movie the point of the movie is about him learning what compromises and like it just feels so odd anyway sorry that's a that's a now we can get into worse chemistry worse chemistry most likely to break up or yeah we're sorry not worse chemistry we're most likely to break up all right yeah (laughs) um I'll start us off here. Um, For sure. Kind of, I mean, it's, it's the flip side of the other question, or previous question. I think there's a lot of right answers here, too. I went with the sort of obvious one, Jack Black and Kate Winslet. Yeah, um, they're definitely breaking up. On the one hand, it's hard in 2020, we're sitting here talking about this list of movies, two of which star Seth Rogen. But sitting through the... Um, the holiday 2006 it's just like what the fuck is jack black doing in a romantic comedy he doesn't really do that much in it though like that's the but he's doing his way through through the movie and you it's fading out on new year's eve and it's like yeah there's there's no there's no way i mean together I would yeah. rather him be full Jack Black. Like I would much rather see him be Jack Black in High Fidelity, and like you know what I mean, and like be full in it and find a romantic match there. It's just he's such it's such a weird role. I think he's it's it might actually end up being him and not her. I I feel like he would get kind of tired of it. Mm-hmm. She's very wholesome and grounded. And way too good for him, but I feel like he is so unstable, and um, doesn't have a lot of self. Doesn't have the self love needed to to kind of. She has the self love. Um, I, I mean, think Eli both, Wallach they, changed they feel, her. They felt similar. Also, best chemistry. That issue. I mean, they both have similar routes. That's the whole thing: is that they both are the kind of Hugh Grant to Andy McDowell. You know, they are the backups, um, which is why for that's why the Hugh Grant and Andy McDowell is would never stay together. Um, 
and so they both kind of based already on the plot have not great self-esteem and you you see her get through hers you just he's just not in the movie that much so you don't really i mean he's just you don't know anything about him i don't really consider that to be one of the the key relationship to that movie it's kind of an afterthought yeah there's so many like types of like would not stay togethers i think there's the like you wouldn't stay together just because, like, you don't know each other that well, and you just yeah. don't even like like that. The moonstrucks, you wouldn't stay together. Yeah, I mean, th- their first date, Jack Black and Kate Wins' first date, is the last scene of that movie. That's Technically, true. is the New Year's party, but yeah, you were moonstruck. They just don't. Yeah. And then there's the like you wouldn't stay together because one of you is clearly like so broken and kind of awful that you just like can't sustain a relationship. What's that? Um. Four weddings. Well, I don't know. I just like in. I, 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 yeah. Well, no, I actually think that they're they they'd be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe knocked up. Um. Oh, completely like, knocked up. And. Uh, and then there's like the what I ultimately came down on, which is like they wouldn't stay. They wouldn't stay together just because like they just wouldn't. Like in real life, if you met this couple, you'd be like this isn't gonna last and that's jason siegel and mila kunis yeah yeah they're just not gonna stay together like it's just very and clear logistically logistically it's not gonna happen rebound wise it's not gonna happen they don't seem to like really have that much in common they were happen to be in the same place at the same time i don't think the movie necessarily implies that the movie fails if they don't stay together that's I think and that's i think that's actually a good that. thing yeah i think that's a good that's like it's not that's the fact that they you don't think they're going to stay together is not a point against the movie. It's it's actually about both of their growth, mostly Jason Segel's growth, but both of their growth and then their their subsequent relationship you see as more a stepping stone than like the end product. Yeah, I agree. Or even just like a well, we might as well do this. Like we might as well yeah. try it. Yeah. But if I I feel like of all the couples, if I met them in real life, I'd be like, yeah, that's. I mean, not not to any one person's fault, just like that's probably not going to last. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I think knocked up is a very obvious one for me. Like, I don't even know if the movie wants you to think that they're going to stay together in a weird way. Like they're fighting the entire time. And they're so awful to each other. They're so terrible to each other. Like they, it, it's like listening to an episode of Esther Perel. Yeah. It's not fun to, to watch. And, I just, I would hope that they wouldn't stay together for the sake of that child. I mean, four weddings and a funeral. So where does this come from? So enlighten me with the four weddings. I'm curious. So like, obviously discounting the fact that they have a child in the picture at the, in the post-credit scene. It was funny. the, The order in which I watched these meant that I watched the holiday just two slots before four weddings and a funeral which made me realize that, as I said a second ago, Hugh Grant is the Jack Black and Kate Winslet of the movie. He is the person who's getting strung along this entire time by someone who's in other relationships and is kind of like keeping him as a backup. Um, And the way she 
the way that last wedding goes and she kind of just like why why is she there like it's just i mean there are a lot of issues with why people are at weddings in that movie but um, <laughs> you were saying in general like, like people <laughs> why do we go weddings? to weddings <laughs> no why, the fact, are why are why is the whole friend group at <laughs> at a- andy mcdowell's wedding why i mean other than obviously so that they can all be there when the friend dies but like why are they all invited it seems like a pretty small wedding um so they could poison that friend (laughs) but so the fact that hugh grant is the backup and she's a terrible person to him throughout and he's so obviously in love with her and she just kind of like strings him along and i just think that that's not it's not gonna work and she's also just is there's not a lot there i had an open-ended question for you guys about this yeah it's um I don't know, Sam, you could choose to duck out if you don't want to, whatever. But it's the ending. Oh, it's the uh, um, ending to Annie Hall. And the like, the sort of like, not really togetherness and the, all that stuff. And just, it's the only one where the ending from a couple standpoint is the by far the least satisfying. It's also the earliest one. But I don't really want them to be together. So I, th- I find it satisfying that she's not with him. He's an example of someone who's too trash of a person to, to sustain a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I do like his monologue at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, just the, I mean, I can't pull specifics from it off the top of my head. But the way that it kind of closes out, I think, is, is really good. And he's sort of summing everything up. Um, I mean, I think. Yeah. I think that's one of the ways in which it, it, it oddly doesn't, it doesn't check that romantic comedy box and that it, it, it kind of, well, it's not a happy ending for the relationship, but I think it, it is a happy ending for the audience. Cause they're not really meant to think that they should be together, but that points to the whole movie, not really fitting into the romantic comedies in the end, because it's, it's not building towards you rooting for them you know yeah are the actors supposed to be bad in what who he's rehearsing oh. with for his play that's based on <laughs> i think so it's a great oh question. boy <laughs> yeah it's just there's like a near nails on the chalkboardiness to there love the carol kane it's little there. bit in there too i didn't mention that in oh, the yeah, cameo bit part um so I have a possible, I have a category to add on the spot uh, before we get into our best thing. Well, we have one more category. Before oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andy, why don't you say the next category? I'm kidding. I, we, I, we did it already. I already did the jokes. So. We did the bit. It's, uh, it's done. I know. It was, I would, retroactively, I'm nominating it for best bit. My <laughs> goes to Mr. Bean. Oh, my God. The category I want to add. I want to add is let's talk about about last night. Okay. Yeah. I want to hear Sam's thoughts about this. This is the one that ruined my day. So how did it ruin your day? Yeah, I don't. This is, (laughs) this is a lot. Jim Belushi's character. It's a lot. Yeah. Is so it's a lot, but it's, it's so toxic in a way like 
it's a lot, but it's also like there are parts of it that I recognize and it's just the last thing I want to see over and over again in a movie. That's a good point. Like I can, as, as an example of a shitty person, like this is very often, but like the scene in the West wing at the bar where uh, Zoe's getting hit on like that asshole, that amount of asshole is the right amount as an example, but him being a best friend that is in somehow, the West Wing at the bar where Zoe's getting hit easy, on. Easy, easy. Now I know Zoe gets hit on in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Zoe, when when they all go out to the bar and Zoe and Sam comes in to save her at the bar. Wait, which one is Zoe even? His daughter. What's her name? Oh, Whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Elizabeth okay. Moss, when she gets okay. it. Yeah. Very obscure, sorry, but that's just what came to mind. That amount of asshole, and it's a similar kind of asshole, is all right. But this just keeps getting rammed on your throat, and somehow they're still friends. And I just, I found it really tiring, and just like I, I hated watching that character. Um, that's fair. And I think that was the more I think about it, I think that was a huge part of it. Um, Demi balance. She, I find incredibly attractive and very like, I liked her a lot, but I just, I found Rob Lowe to be kind of robotic. I don't know if it's because of the, the Sam Seaborn slash Chris Traeger kind of awkward, but good looking character that I'm so used to him playing, but he just didn't, he wasn't, he keeps trying to be a little more smooth and be a ladies man. And that's just not how I can picture him. Um, I also just wasn't sure why, why this is a movie, why (laughs) this is a story worth telling. I'd be curious. I don't know anything about the David Mamet play that it's based on. Um, One wouldn't think a work of David Mamet's could be that bad, but <laughs> it would be a curious or an interesting um, thing to cross-reference. But knowing that, it makes more sense as a play. It, a movie, especially a rom-com, the, the conflict being more ethereal makes more sense as a play. It, in a rom-com, you kind of want to be able to pin down why they're unhappy rather than like it was just it was just a lot of fighting that i didn't it was never necessary and it was never really earned and it felt i don't know it just felt completely disconnected and the whole friend relationships were so toxic. And I guess, and I mean, at least the, the female friend of Demi Moore kind of owns up to what, to what she's been doing and seems to be apologetic. Um, But it was just, I don't know. It put me in such a bad mood and I just was so unhappy while I was watching it. Oh Rachel, reintroduce this as a category called about about last night so we can so Dylan can go back and Well Dylan's not editing this. Sorry, I, I, I know I, as soon as I heard it I knew I was 
I was wrong, but do it so, so Sam can go back and, and say that this category is called about about last night. So let's move on to uh, about about last night. Thanks. There's three things I really like about this movie. Oh, three. One is really not named to the end and not really earned, but it's like sort of what Sam was talking about, how the conflict is unclear. And when they're breaking up, Demi Moore says, like, it was just good sex. Like, we tried to make it more, but it wasn't. And in all of these rom-coms, there's very few that explicitly say, like, these are two people that had a very intense physical connection and they had to see if they were actually good partners. And I feel like that's a real thing that, like, people actually go through. And it's, like, never mm-hmm. really dealt with in rom-coms. And this does. Like, the, the idea of, like, you know, like, can you take intense physical connections and, like, and just – and not even, like, have a deep soul connection. Just, like, learn how to live together and learn how to, like – be partners and i thought that maybe not from like a rom-com aspirational standpoint because those that's so consumed with like you know having these like soul personality connections but i thought that that was very interesting that it was really the conflicts were around how to like sort of just like hold each other and like, I don't know. I, I just thought that was very interesting and very good. But, but I don't think that was proven. I agree that that is an interesting angle to put on a movie, but I don't think that was proven throughout the movie. Like, I don't think it's proven at all. I think at the end of the, she says like, should we give it another shot? And he says, yeah, like, let's just try again. Yeah. And it's not aspirational. I feel like it's very human. And I think that that's pretty well done. So, or, but, but do you just think that that ending is well done or do you think that anything in the movie is pointing toward that as I think that, that the whole movie I think that they do a very bad job because they don't name it until the end but the whole movie is that these are two people of a very intense physical connection they seem to get along fine enough but they're just trying to see if that if they can translate that physical connection into a real partnership but if if they if if they really if their relationship was really just based on a physical connection why would they both be absolutely torn apart by the breakup? Well, that's the thing is that they, it's not just, but that's like the only thing that they knew that they had, that they like, that's what she's, that's why it hurt so much when she said it, when they were breaking up, it was just sex. Cause they, they both sort of knew that that everything else they were kind of cobbling together. And when she said that, it tears everything that they sort of cobbled together down. And it wasn't beautiful what they built you know, in terms of their partnership, but it was something. And I think that that, I don't know, I'm, I'm really coming around to this movie. You guys are very sweet giving this movie this much credit. It's a terrible movie. I don't, I just don't think. Demi Moore is gorgeous. And it's (laughs) funny to make fun of all the bits at the diner because of how poorly composed it is. That's about it. Yeah. I, I, I don't think any of it actually pointed towards what I think if it had been, it would have been interesting, but I don't think any of it actually points towards that line by Demi Moore. Okay, fine. The other two things I like about this movie is the Chicago stuff, specifically playing softball in Grant Park. Love that. Yeah. And drinks uh, at mothers. Drinks at mothers. And that, oh God, even just like you hear hearing those words is like, maybe I can rethink to ever defending this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, and then how beautiful to me more is. That's the third thing I like uh, about this movie. And her voice. Hmm. Their apartment too. They're not their joint apartment. The apartment that she that Demi Moore lives in at the start of the movie. Yes. Oh yeah. Huge right. windows. Oh yeah. Good apartment. Um 
I Good think pitch. I reckon there's a scene on the roof between Jim Belushi um, and Rob Lowe. And I think I see a, there's a church steeple, a double dome church that might be in Ukrainian village. <gasps> I think it might be in Yuki village. I'm not sure. I haven't done any research, but it looked very familiar because there's a bunch of kind of Ukrainian whatever that is or i don't know if it's orthodox or anyway um there's different there's eastern orthodox and there's catholic anyway so i've reached the i think we've reached the end of the segment about about last night i'm sorry sam that it ruined your day (laughs) i think it was it was a lot of it's jim belushi i can't stand being like that's why i avoid wrigleyville at all costs i hate being around men like that um and it was just too much of it. Andy, do you want to introduce our last segment? After the break. Okay. We're back, baby. Okay. This is it. We're going to talk about the, big the, one. the third oh. act. This is really exciting. I think I, I cemented. I know. I didn't know going in what mine was. I do now. I, wow. I do too. What a genre journey you've been on. <laughs> Gen- a genre journey or a genre journey, depending on... <laughs> How you feeling? I feel so great about both of those pronunciations. <laughs> I, right now, I'm feeling more genre journey. Yeah, I know. I like that. I like it too. Who I'm wants to go, go first, Rachel? I'll, I'll go. For, I'll go first because I have one. I don't. I'm not. Or maybe oh, I, have I, should, one, I have one now. Andy, do you have more than one? Because if you have more than one, maybe you should go first. I don't have one no yeah no no, i don't have more than one and i think anything that would suggest otherwise is going to come up in burning questions okay i love that i love that look for us okay then i'll go first the best romantic comedy i ever saw is when harry met sally and there are a lot of very legitimate criticisms to this movie. Mostly that Billy Crystal ranges from off-putting to intolerable, depending on who you are in the moment in the movie. I actually never find him that bad. Really? Um, I find him very sweet. I find their chemistry like so real. Sam's been alluding to a lot of the friend, like the can men and women be friends thing. And this movie, I, the boundaries between friends and lovers and whatever in this, I I think the movie, the point of the thesis of the movie is not to say they can't or they can. It's to say like, that is such a stupid conversation to be even. Wait, when am I alluding about this? No, you were saying like, oh, Sam, when we they have were the tapes. You were saying like, oh, when they were friends, like when they were friends, it was so good. Like you've said that that type of stuff a lot. Oh, okay. And they were always when they were like the whole point is they are always Harry and Sally. Like that's the whole point of the movie, and that even when they're having sex, they're still Harry and Sally, and that that like that matters, and that they're just amazing partners. And it's okay. So that first of all, I want to say that about the movie, and I think that that's really important. Um, and I think it does it very well and very artfully. And then there's just 
everything around the movie that's so wonderful. I mean, like we like the 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 real couples, the the little splices of the old couples. I mean, my God, there's like nothing better that makes you want to just like melt. And then there there's at the end, and I don't think it counts as an after credit sequence because it's a motif throughout the movie when they're talking about the coconut cake with the chocolate sauce. Although I don't know why in the world you'd put chocolate sauce on coconut cake, but that's like a whole different issue. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> absolutely. Isn't that like? Isn't that pretty much a German? German chocolate cake has but coconut a, a in coconut, it. A coconut cake is mm. so light and fluffy. Why would you put something as heavy as like what I'm picturing is fudge on top? Who's f- chocolate sauce is not fudge. How is there a chocolate sauce that's not fudge? It's more, can we eat chocolate icing? It's going to be about about last night. Take two. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, when they're talking about that, it's so sweet, and this his speech at the end. You know, with the you're the first person I want to see in the morning, the last person I want to see before you go to bed. It's so effective. And what do you think, think of her response? She said when she says, I hate you, I really hate you. Yeah. That's just like their way of talking. And like she's overwhelmed and doesn't have a lot of words at that moment. And I find it very real. Um and it's fine. It's not the best part of the movie, but that's fine. Okay. And I was just I just honestly I don't really have that many opinions about it. I just wanted to know. And I think that her character gets a lot of lack of credit in the movie cuz like there's the one scene where she's like sobbing hysterically, but she's really interesting and intriguing and strong and ambitious throughout the movie. And it's just it's so good. It it's so beautiful, it's so funny. I love the scene in the bookstore. I love the friends. I love the music. And I don't want it to change. I think that there's a lot of like edits that could have been made, which Andy and I even sort of talked about off air. And I don't want any of them to be that. I think it's perfect. Cheaters. That's my when Harry met Sally Ode. What did we talk about? I can't remember. We talked about how there like it feels like it should be more Jewish than it is. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. More to come. Uh, I should probably go next. More to come. Because. Is yours the same? The best romantic comedy I ever saw is I'm going to Harry Met Sally. Yes. Um, and this is a, I consider to be an actual character flaw that the first time I saw this all the way through was two weeks ago. Um, really? Absolutely nuts. Um. I don't really know why that is. I think this. It wasn't it on the feels rotation. Like, it really wasn't. I don't know, and I don't know why that is either. Because I've never watched it in our because you've got mail is very much is. Um, I love this movie for a lot of the reasons why I love you've got same reasons why I love you've got mail in I think the structure I love the balance of the structure I think that in a weird way I love this movie because you've got mail was such an important part of my uh romantic comedy journey um <laughs> but I just think that it's 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 you've got mail, but with a much more interesting kind of sharper script, 
Um, I think all of the characters are a little more fleshed out. Um, I mean, sometimes, I mean, yeah. And I think when I started watching this movie and, and, and it was literally the first time two weeks ago, I was really thinking in the first couple scenes, this Billy Crystal character is absolutely intolerable. Um, who is this Jim Belushi? <laughs> <laughs> and I was I like, a, how I is have a question. What's your question, Andy? Am I Hellboy? <laughs> <laughs> That's just, that just means Andy didn't feel like he had spoken in too in long, too long. <laughs> I was checking as I'm showing signs of life here. <laughs> um, you'll, you're going up next, so settle down. Okay. Um, I was really worried about how much I would enjoy this movie just based on him. And I think you were talking about the men and women can't be friends thing. And I think his position over on that throughout the movie, if anything, shows a little bit of his development as a person and his ability to see that it's not black and white and that not obviously like even a relationship that has sex in it is not all about the sex and therefore the friendship is tantamount to it being successful. Um, so men and women like can be friends. They can also just be having sex too. And that's when it works. Um, and I mean, it's, I just think like also knowing who made it, I mean, it, Nora Ephron and Rob Reiner, I mean, it, it just works. The combination of the two, I think you've got mail and sleepless in Seattle. It's a little too saccharine at times. This movie is never too saccharine. Um, it misses some of the construction elements that I think that Rob Reiner brings to it. Exactly. Yeah. And the, I mean, the interstitial couples and I mean, like the specifically the one where you have, I'm not sure if it's the elevator one where the man is kind of doing most of the talking mm-hmm. and the woman is just riffing on him. It's the most beautiful, yeah. like, I don't think you can write that. Like that is, that is so good. So no, yeah, notably, and it seems like everybody knows this. Um, but those, so those were real stories retold by actors. So it's not the real people yeah. sharing them, but those are scripted stories that they got from real couples. Yeah, that I mean, it's just beautifully done and kind of. Also, I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like 30% of like our like the clips in the montage that you made for us Andy could be from this movie. <laughs> yeah. When did I, I, when did you first see it, Rachel? Sometime in college. I think I like made an effort to like sit down and like watch it, watch it. Cuz I felt And it's funny because the combination of our mother and father's movie interests almost converge. If you consider Rob Reiner as the dad with Princess Bride and and this is Spinal Tap the and the Nora Ephron as the mom, it weirdly converges and it obviously does make so much sense 
for us and yet we never saw it it feels like a weird missing piece obviously the movie itself might not be like a combination of the two but yeah i don't know it's hard to say yeah i i dream for our parents i think like when that movie like i don't know you know our parents were very like yeah whatever like my dad didn't even see star wars till the 90s so like the biggest hit of the year after they got married that's a rom-com like i'm sure that they were like ugh, no thank you (laughs) and to be be honest i going into today a little less so but i going into this process it was it was basically who's gonna beat you've got mail for me wow that was actually that's not true it's who's gonna beat you've got mail and to be honest and this i'm not sure how much of this was recency bias. I think Longshot is a great movie. That would be my second choice. Um, I think it's so well constructed and all of that. But I think like When Harry Met Sally is like the er, rom-com. And it's wild that it it basically created the genre and perfected it at the same time in a lot of ways. I said created the genre as we know it now. Like everything is trying to be or stealing from when Harry met Sally to some extent from then on. Which I'd I think, say, yeah, that's interesting. Which points towards its evergreenness. Andy, my glove. Hello. What's yours? The best romantic comedy I ever saw is when Harry met Sally. <gasps> All three of us! Right? What terrible podcasting. I know, three of a kind. Uh, I, saw I this did in, not expect you to say that, honey. I saw this in college, my freshman year of college, I think. Um, it was right around, I don't think it was quite on Valentine's Day. I think, but, I mean, kind of frivolous anecdote here, but we... Would gather pretty regularly a bunch of singles and watch um, movies that were new to us, and I had never seen it before. Um, and I was my my genre journey. Did I say it right? You gotta commit. You gotta commit to one or the other. You're continually just wavering. You're yeah, actually I, saying it. So my <laughs> my genre journey or genre journey. Okay, that's what, yeah. So my genre journey. <laughs> there we go. I was a pretty, I mean, I was on my way to becoming a Woody Allen zealot at that point. Uh, so as I, as I sat down to watch When Harry Met Sally, my prevailing take was, oh, okay, it's a shitty Woody Allen movie. And that's more or less what Albert Brooks said when he got the script. They wanted Albert Brooks to, to, to be Harry, and Albert was like, this is just like a Woody Allen ripoff. Why do I want to do this? Um, but looking back on it, having to watch both the movies for this specific project, they are at times very different and obviously very similar. I obviously appreciate the, the happy ending of this compared to Annie Hall. Annie Hall, which I thought was just going to be just really cook in as thinking about it in, in retrospect, really dragged in the middle for me when Rachel and I watched it a few months ago. Yeah, I watched it um, like two days ago. And I think an interesting contrast dealing with how they're both very similar yet different is, you know, they both have that sort of 
um, everything you wanted to know about sex without, you know, really asking or whatever the saying is. Yeah. Um, sort of vibe, but where his is very insular and it's all like, oh, aren't I so weird and neurotic? Whereas the that repartee in when Harry met Sally is 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 much more uh, inclusive to yeah to Nor- relationships in general. And that's Nora Ephron at her best are those conversations where she's able to kind of distill something about relationships down to its core and make it not really gender specific. Yeah. And the one, so well, I guess I got a lot of notes to run through if awesome. you'll indulge me. Now, always, <laughs> always, baby. You know, it checks, I mean, one way of going through it is it really checks all the boxes or most of the boxes. You know, it's a clean 90 minutes. It's a drop everything and watch it movie anytime, anywhere. That's not quite what Annie Hall is for me anymore. It's, it's just so potent in its distillation. Um, you really got to come in under two hours with these movies. Holy cow. Some of these that we've watched are so long. Yeah. Um, like what? Um, so you, you've got mail is unbearably oh, long. Flies by. The original me. cut of you got mail was two hours and 53 minutes. Holy <gasps> shit. Mother. Fucking return of the king. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You've got mails way too long. Obviously, LOL. Everybody has their, take on the Judd Apatow movies being so long but I mean yeah Knocked Up is so long The Holiday is inc- unbearably long Trainwreck is too long Yeah um, I agree Despite my affection for, for The mail. Big Sick The Big Sick is a lot just, You got 90 minutes More than you need um, yeah, I mean obviously the New York of it all The New York and Autumn Archetype and in, you know, Invents slash That museum scene that. hit me really hard just it's also a, one of the I love that museum scene in general, but the kind of backdrop and where it's so located is great. Yeah, it's a good one. It's status as a trendsetter, the whole Pinterest board thing. Um, it technically has a wedding. That's one of my that's that's one of my PLC non-negotiables. Is that <laughs> it? Uh, there is a wedding in some way, shape, or form, and it's not their wedding, but there is a wedding in it. Yeah, that's um, true. Going back to what I said before, I think really. For me to be a true rom-com, it's got to be, you know, highly urban, highly, or it has to be American, highly urban, has some type of culturalness to it. You know, I would say this is Jewish, um, with the 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 genre, the genre, genre. <laughs> being for me so deeply rooted in the DNA of Hollywood itself and Hollywood having such deep Jewish roots. I mean, to me, a rom-com has some aspect of, um, you know, Jewish identity to it. And this, again, it's, it's tied up in the production history of it. Um, Sally was supposed to basically be a Nora Ephron proxy, but there was some riffraff with who the original Sally, who was Jewish was going to be, and then they couldn't get anyone else to really, I think Julia Roberts was up for it at one point, but she turned it down or had some conflicts. And then they land on Meg Ryan. I, that's one of my faults or one of the faults for me is I'm not crazy about Meg Ryan. I, it wouldn't be my choice oh. for this movie, especially as some uh, Nora Ephron stand in. It reads much more, um, I mean, not to put too fine a point on it, but her, um, 
your, her uh, idiosyncrasies, how she's so particular reads. I mean, I think it's just the aesthetics of it, but it reads much more waspy as it does Jewish to me. And uh, I mean, the, the heart of this on the page, on the script was, you know, this it was a Nora Ephron. Um, yeah, there's something very corn fed. There's something, her look is so like, there's something so much more like corn fed, like, you know, like, oh, I'm just like a klutzy, like particular girl. That's yeah. very, it'd be very different if you had someone who was more identifiably Jewish. Yeah, you almost see her family as being like Annie Hall's in Annie Hall. Yeah. Yeah. I, you keep going. Um, the, the Billy Crystal thing, you've both talked about how Billy Crystal is very um, off-putting at times and the way that I circle that square in a few ways is that um, it's that level of authenticity you could understand it as is, is that he's really good at playing those types of men that we all know. And I mean, I could, I could name a dozen Billy or Harry Burns that I've um, met in my life. And I think also there is a pretty genuine character change in in him where and it makes it it makes that um unbearableness in the beginning feel much more worth it and um substantive since by the end of it he's like okay yeah i could you're you i feel much safer with you now harry burns than whatever the hell you were doing for the first two time periods of this movie and i just love that so so much of it is like comes back to those sort of relationships that had failed right before. Um, like obviously the Helen thing, I think causes just as much change in Harry as his relationship with Sally and what Sally's relationship goes through with what's her former boyfriend's name. Forget his name, but like that, that is just as much of a catalyst for growth in her as her relationship with Harry. I just think that there's a very mature and interesting and for me almost aspirational attitude about dating and that like the way that they just like plow through like eligible bachelors and bachelorettes in that movie is like so fun to watch. And I like wish I'd gotten to live in that time. Oh, that, that was another point for, <laughs> for what I meant to mention with why they're likely to stay together. They both sort of like had the rest. Yeah. Now they're totally. going to stay with the best. Uh, her, his, her, her previous is Joe. His Joe. Name. Hmm. Thank um, you. I knew it was a very generic. Is, I couldn't think of it. Is Billy Crystal's person he's dating at the time of the charades party one of the actors from League of Their Own? Actresses. Anyway. She's, oh gosh, I'm not going to be able to th- think of it off the top but she's like a sibling or not sibling she's a she's the daughter of someone Hmm. she's like someone involved in the production's daughter i don't know this doesn't make for good content but it's we'll we'll look it up after the fact i mean i guess my point is that like when when we were in college and everyone was mourning the rise of hookup culture and the end of dating I feel like this is the dating that they were thinking of where like you would very seriously see somebody for a short period of time. That person would be like a real prospect. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like my head. I mean, I kind of disagree. I, 
I usually have a pretty good Judar. I don't read this as like full on should have been about two Jewish people. Um, and, and and maybe for that reason, I don't. I mean, I mean, I think you get that sense from Billy Crystal's character, but I don't really see that as a fault. And I also just like Meg Ryan a lot in this movie. I, I, I similar to what Rachel was saying about her not being like weepy that often. Not that that is necessarily a good thing, but it kind of breaks a lot of stereotypes up to this, especially when you look at like Annie Hall, like Dan Keaton's doing it well, but her, especially around him at the beginning of that movie, she is like so little of herself put together when she's kind of flitting around and can't pin her mind on anything. Sally is the opposite of that. And I think the fact that she is more the type of person who is fine until she's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The whole point of her like big weeping thing is that she's been holding in her grieving of her very long, very serious relationship for a long time while Harry's felt fallen apart. Constantly. Yeah. Yeah. No, she was resting her, her, her wellness on this fact that could easily be broken. And when it was the fact that he, couldn't like she was just like he just wasn't ready to he didn't want marriage he didn't want kids and she was resting it on that and that's why it wouldn't make any sense for them to be together and when that broke she broke with it but i i i thought i thought her character might be even more interesting than billy crystals although him playing the heartbroken guy is also interesting i don't know I liked her journey a lot throughout the movie. Yeah. I'm surprised with uh, with a topic like this and the fact that we all picked this movie, we've gone th- almost three hours and not one of us has talked about faking an orgasm. It's, it's my least favorite scene in the movie. Really? It, Even it, from the, just the sort of seminalness of it? and It's, the, more, the anecdo- of it's it? more anecdotal. It doesn't feel like an integral part of the movie to me especially because i knew about it so much before actually actually having seen the movie it feels like i was just taken out for that part of it i mean it does i like that she is the person making him uncomfortable i think that her self-confidence is like a great part of her personality for a lot of it um but it's just not – I mean, obviously, I was made super uncomfortable by it, and it lasts a very long time. But And, and that has nothing to do with whether it's a good scene or not. Um, it just doesn't feel like necessarily integral to the movie to me. I shouldn't say it's my least favorite scene in the movie. I think it's extremely effective for their relationship, especially – we've talked a lot about Patter, right? Um, and, like, they could have gone on arguing – about whether or not women fake orgasms all day long. They could have just talked their ears off about that. And instead, she just shuts him up by just doing it. And ju- and that is like one of the, in terms of like their chemistry, um, that's my favorite part of it. It's not just like, oh my God, she's faking an orgasm. And then the lady says, I'll have what she's having. It's like the role that that plays in their, their balance. I love that. 
I think one of the things I bristle about about the movie is just how easy this movie is to to chop up and meme and sort of turn into like, oh, this scene, oh, this scene, oh, this scene. And I think the movie just should only exist and exist so much better like as a whole composite. You know, if you just take, oh, this speech and the fake orgasm and her crying, you get an entirely different picture of the movie. I feel like those are the pieces that are chopped up the most. So maybe that's why I just like it. Not hopefully, yeah. maybe, but like they're they're the most over the top, and I just think the subtleties of the movie, yeah, and the development of the characters over time are the best parts. And yeah, and obviously the pieces that can be pulled out the the easiest are pulled ahead and have been pulled out, but they're not why I love the movie at all, at all. I'm understanding you guys correctly. It's one of the reasons I do really like it a lot is it seeing it as a collection of set pieces and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very um, Spielbergian in that sense. And Reiner being a director, it's often kind of coupled in with Spielberg often kind of as a insult because he's sort of like a lesser Spielberg. But I just, yeah. for my money, I, I, I just, I love them both so much. Yeah, I agree. I think, I, I guess I say, yeah, collection of, spe- of set pieces is key because I really think that the whole is greater than the sum of its parts, but each one is like individually very strong. Yeah, you have, yeah, you have, and everything is so like memorable and referenceable, despite the fact that only a couple, like the the speech and the faking orgasm scene have come out, but you have like the sharper image thing and uh the museum scene and you can talk about them all the car ride the the one of the two diner scenes the airplane ride they're all so well contained the scenes are so well contained um i also sort of mentioned this in the pinterest board thing this the way that they talk the way that food works in this movie i just love so much like Mm. a lot of movies like this that are supposedly about real life like never like people talk about food a lot in real life. I know I probably do more than most people, but like you never see these things in rom-coms. But I mean, obviously the ordering is such a stereotype, but even just like when like, you know, the fact that Carrie Fisher is like the restaurants that are of the 80s with theater. It's just like the whole thing just feels very on point and what they all order feels right. And the restaurants that they go to are great looking and like yeah. not too generic and and also like and i love that she's particular not to make things healthier that is very like she does dressing on the side but she yeah. also orders pie like i love i feel like if it were today she would just be like oh my god can i get like the kale salad with the dressing it's like no i just that's very well done and also like there are points in the movie that could be overly schlocky and saccharine and they're just done so well that you don't they don't feel that way like the the phone call after the first this their the first time they have sex where they're all in a row and the carrie fisher and uh kirby are in bed together that it could not it could so easily feel forced Mm -hmm. and it just feels i don't know it just works so well yeah yeah, it's so good. 
such a good movie, you guys. I'm so glad that we all agreed. <laughs> what a great way to start I the was, pod. I was so worried. Worried about what? I don't know. I thought you'd say Moonstruck or... Might be my number we four. We haven't even talked about how much I hate Nick Cage. Oh, my God. Well, that's good. So we're going to change the topic now. <laughs> I got a burning, a burning question. What's your burning it's question? Because you had Chinese food last night? <laughs> um, I, you know, it's very clean. There's not a lot of... It was really right down the middle. Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah. Am I making sense, Rachel? It wasn't a lot of, there's not a lot of like pep or nuance to it. It was just exactly what you would expect done remarkably well. Yeah, it was really good Chinese food. Yeah. Anyways, burning questions. Is that good enough of an intro? Yeah, it is. I liked it. It was very compelling. Hunka hunka burning questions. Hunka hunka burning questions. Waka waka. <laughs> the opposite. Right, burning questions. Is the best romantic comedy you ever saw the best movie on this list? Yes. Maybe? Oh, I was about to, okay. Um, no. <gasps> <gasps> what do you think the best right. movie on I've this list? I've betrayed the group. I've endangered the mission. What, um, what? No, four weddings and a funeral is the best movie on this list. <gasps> What? <laughs> Harry, when Harry Met Sally is far and away the best romantic comedy, um, but no, the better movie in a vacuum is is Four Weddings and a Funeral, without a doubt. I wow. might agree with you if someone else was Andy McDowell's character. I might. I would consider no, I, it. I, despite despite that, I, I I still think. Oh my god. Um, this was almost my pick. Uh, but I'm, I've, obviously, it's missing so many of um, your PLC non-negotiables. Yeah, my non-negotiables that I'd mentioned. It's not American. Like a living, breathing human as the um, female lead. There's really, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, there's no. It's not very screwbally. I mean, it's all just like a bunch of rich people doing rich people English. things. Um, I actually really like the English rom-com. Yeah, as you'll I see think in my I think it is screwball in an English way, like. Right. Yeah. Like I, I even mentioned it before, you know, they're clearly it, this is where it just sort of loses. You have to suspend some disbelief, but it's, it's like, you're, you're of a layer, you're of a social status enough that you're invited to these weddings, but there's this whole sort of like merry band of pranksters motif. It, that just doesn't really compute for me that, that well, but um, I mean, it's for so many things. I, I love, um, just the how arch it is it, it reminds I'm reminded of the Mitch Hedberg joke that what are we going to call this hotel tree you know fuck that double tree <laughs> uh, what are we going to are we going to have a wedding in this movie no we're having four weddings in this movie and the, this that really sort of uh, high concept um, type of swing I really dig um, I love the I'm such a sucker for and this is a small thing but I'm such a sucker for um, the like repeating the thing uh, decision, whether it's, um, I mean, a really big example is like going back to the under the sea dance and, and back to the future or uh, Vogel always chasing after the sun for his money for the pot in, in a serious man. But like the, re- the repetition of like waking up again in his house and being late 
and just sort of that structure to it. Uh, I'm such a sucker for um, the funeral aspect, obviously, is so touching um, integral mm-hmm. to this movie but eh, keep it out of my rom-coms i don't need death in my in my romantic comedies um but the funeral is just see, so... i can eloquent. i can see where you're going i think it might have one of some of the best bones of any movie on this list i think the way it's set up i loved the the, the i mean the title the four weddings and a funeral the way it's set up i think is genius and in terms of yeah non-rom-com the funeral is a one it's a great movie moment the way that he it's weird to be talking about the director of harry potter and the goblet of fire but the way um the and it, but it, it's weird to think of this not as a richard curtis movie if you've seen um eight days a week richard curtis talks about how the 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 major ethos of his um, movie making is emulating the friendship quality, the platonic friendship quality that the Beatles exuded in their touring years. And I think this is far and away the best representation of that. I just think the, the, the very believable, relatable way that they capture, I guess he and Mike Newell capture um, friendship in this movie and just human feeling in general, the looks, the cuts of people's faces during the funeral are just so um, unfiltered for maybe lack of a better word. And uh, there's, uh, I could keep going. There's so much I love about this movie. Yeah. I, I wanted to do a shout out to the friendship element of it. Cause I really feel like in today's Judd Apatow times, like the group of friends in the movie has really like been like, essentially like perverted to like this sort of like like the vibe of like people hanging out at the back of a comedy club like just like sort of like just a bunch of like very heightened personalities doing heightened things and just a lot of like topping each other with jokes like that's what friendship groups are like in rom-coms now because of Judd Apatow and none of these characters none of the friends characters with the exception of the I forget the actor who dies um are particularly heightened like none of their personality scarlet. yeah yeah mm. scarlet. none of them like but they're not there's it's not like oh you're the blah 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 one you're the blah 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 one you're the blah 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 one they just are like very well functioning very real feeling friends um which i think is like a huge credit to it and it is interesting how long it's been since i've seen a movie like that i i agree that i think this is a better movie than it is a rom-com because as a rom-com, it needs to have an actual actor as the female lead and Annie McDowell just like isn't there. And I love, I really did really enjoy. What if that had been Julia Roberts, you guys? Oh, oh my God. Could we, we just talk? Oh I mean, that would, wait, it would, that would be insane. It makes so much sense. Yeah, It, yeah. it makes so, so much, much sense. sense. <laughs> but oh, I just think it that. Hurts it hurts to think about. It, it still, really hurts. It still can't be a better movie than when Harry Met Sally because of Annie McDowell. I agree. Hey, it's Dale Beaverman, man. I think that going back to Longshot, I think that Longshot is just a really good, well-made movie. 
pretty sure about that. <laughs> and maybe not in terms of like Oscars, but I, I, it's maybe my the one that I actually laughed at the most through this round of like out like belly out loud laughs. This round of viewings, I found it really funny and. I think Andy, that oh, sorry, go ahead. I think it's a good kind of way a lot of the more modern of the, of the ones that we've been talking about are less aspirational especially in the script. They're kind of the way that forgetting Sarah Marshall and um train wreck to a certain extent and definitely um long shot the way they're funny are you have people you can kind of recognize in kind of weird situations saying things that you could see someone of your friends saying, whereas you've got mail and when Harry met Sally, you can't really picture and you're not supposed to be able to picture your friend saying any of the things that the actors are saying. They are saying like higher truths in funny ways and in not Shakespearean, but kind of like, language that's not really what how people talk and that is much more aspirational whereas the modern the modern romantic comedies that i think do lean more heavily on comedy are more of the parlance of current comedies where they're kind of funny because you could see your friend saying that your funny friend or or they're just kind of more approachable in that way you know yeah, I mean, Andy has sort of enlightened me to the uh, st- structural unsoundness of Longshot. Um, See, I don't, I don't want to be enlightened to that. <laughs> okay, fine. It, I mean, despite despite that, I think it is very watchable. It's very rewatchable. We've implied that's a hallmark of of this genre. <laughs> um, I would almost drop anything and. And want that on um, with any degree of, of my attention given to it. Yeah. It's also, it's also a movie of set pieces, very much so. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah, without a doubt, that's, that's it's almost behind too much selling. divided. Like, it's almost too segmented. It doesn't quite flow, which I guess is where the structure issues come. But, like, the it's individual that, like- scenes, like the, the MDMA, the Molly scene is great, but it kind of where is it in the movie it doesn't make but it's it's a hilarious scene her in the war room yeah yeah i mean i think the biggest issue with that as a movie is just that like in terms of characters growth there's just a lot of like fits and starts in terms of like who what do we really what are we really going for with these characters what do we care about about them what what are we rooting for with them what are we hoping change what does change that just never feels like a cohesive story with that movie. So I honestly feel that the best, the best movie on this list is the best rom-com on this list. I think that maybe, I think I agree. Maybe there's a point to be made about the big sick. Like that's to me, the only one that could even be in the conversation. I think, yeah. And that would be largely because of the performances of Holly Hunter and Ray Romano, or at least that would be a huge factor. The supporting characters being that good is so important that movie and the, yeah. and their relationship makes it 
pushes it so much. And it's just, I mean, it's a little bit too long, but from an emotional point, that movie is like just like a tight movie where like, you know what you're supposed to feel about the characters the whole time. It, every beat works. I think um, I'm, I'm personally very over movies and TV shows about comedians. I'm really hoping that we're done with that. Yeah. Um, I feel like if you're, if you're talented enough to get a movie or an HBO deal, you should be able to write about someone who's not a fucking comedian. Um, but anyway, that's a sad that's a side note. And, and the fact that that is the one movie in however many years that has, that it fits into this genre, however much it does, that has an actual Oscar nom really points to its prowess on a more like recognition scale. To me, though, I disagree. I feel like its Oscar nom is Juno's Oscar nom is like Little Miss Sunshine's Oscar nom. Like that's the line that that's coming from, not a rom-com line. Still, no, but I'm saying, no, but for as a movie. Yeah. I'm just saying that like, it's not, it was not shot. It, it didn't feel like a win for the rom-com genre. when it But got we were talking about, about movies as movies, weren't we? Oh, just okay. Now? I guess you're right. That's true. Next burning question. I'm burning. Jim Rome is burning. It's the best romantic comedy you ever saw better than all the Michael Scott and Holly Flax episodes of The Office put this together. An amazing yes. question. <gasps> I don't know. It, it, it is. I don't go ahead, Rachel. It is because like, I think so much of what makes a romantic comedy, a romantic comedy doesn't really fit into the office. Like it's not super urban or aspirational. Um, but God damn, if that's not one like the sweetest, most romantic things that's ever been in television. That's so much better than Jim and Pam. I don't care what anyone has to say. Uh, yeah, for chemistry, best chemistry, who's most likely to stay together? I mean, they are number one with a bullet for me. But uh, it is almost apples and oranges. You know, talking about it out loud, um, it's maybe just a film versus television. I mean, there's just so... The way that I interpret these films is just so... It, it, there's so much about film and the history of film related to it that it's hard to just swap in uh, a television show, despite how um, wonderful of a television show it is. But goddamn, do I love some Michael and Holly. I don't think, <laughs> I still don't think there's a, is when Harry met Sally better? Yeah. But I don't think there's been a better couple committed to, to screen before. Oh, some of those scenes are just so damn good. Oh, they're I mean, so they kind of extend outside the parameters of this uh, content here, but oh, it's so good. Sam, Sam you were maybe I, you must have been stung by a bee or something off camera. <laughs> you were gesticulating and flailing. I wasn't. I was just stretching. Um, <laughs> That's what they all say. I don't. <laughs> have as strong feelings about those two as you guys do. I think they have good chemistry. Uh, I don't think they would end up together because Michael's <gasps> Michael. 
that burning question was not burning for me. My burning question that I wrote is the best romantic comedy you ever saw season two of Fleabag. And the reason why, and Andy's ever seen it, so this is probably even unfair to bring up. But the reason why I say is that what I was talking about with chemistry, it seems like very few movies have nailed the, oh, these, I could watch these people talk to each other for hours. And I could watch them look at each other for hours. And I really want to watch them interact physically. Yeah. There's, there's that's the height that's that's the that's the most like there are points in the, with that season of fleabag where you like you start like physically moving yourself the way you want them to move in relation you're like <laughs> just like willing it to happen yeah that is it's like there's the, there like it's 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 such a perfect chemistry balance from the that, like the intellectual the spiritual, the like physical, it's like they have it. Oh, it's so good. And that's, I could not stop thinking about Fleabag when I was watching Annie Hall and breaking the fourth, fourth wall. Yeah. Oh um, gosh, she does it so much better. She does it so much better and so much more often. And it, and it, it's just one of the many bits in Annie Hall, like the animated thing. Uh, whereas in Fleabag, it is like it is a. I mean, to say structure. it's a character is like such a cliche, but it is. It, and it's not only a character, but it's it's like revealing more about the character that that you would otherwise. And I don't really think that it does that in any hall. Like she's. In what she's telling you, she's not telling you the truth necessarily, but in what she's telling you, you're learning even more about her and her inner workings. I mean, that's one of the best seasons of any television show ever. Um, I just don't think it counts as a great... I still think that, like, kind of like what Andy was saying, is that it doesn't sort of owe enough to the structures of the genre... No, I mean, they don't end up together. No, not Not to ruin Not to ruin it. Oh, my God. Sam. You know, what? what, How are you supposed to ask that question and not? I can't say this on on the podcast. That's a whole point. It it can't be a romantic comedy. Let's direct our animosity, Rachel. It can't be a romantic comedy if they don't end up together. That was kind of one of our. I didn't say that. I said it has to have a happy ending. It is a happy ending. I disagree, and we don't have to talk anymore about the ending. But it is a happy ending. It just doesn't seem to be enough. It's a little bit too on like the romance side of things. There's, it's not bubbly enough. It's not, I mean, it's very snappy, but there's just, yeah, it just doesn't quite fit like the conventions of the genre enough for me to say it's the best romantic comedy, but it's really close. I would, I might wake up tomorrow and feel differently. I also, it doesn't fit into my evenness scale where there's not enough about him that's true anyway okay last pitch me theme song pitch me okay is it pitch me or pitchy it's pitch me oh fuck pitch me Oh my god. Wow, Simon. Cool, cool, cool. 
Or that's more pitchy is more of a randy thing if i remember correctly so no i have no idea yeah okay so the point of pitch me is that we basically create an elevator pitch like as if we were sort of a sleazy studio exec for our perfect rom-com mm-hmm. to with varying degrees of specificity i will go first because I know Andy wants to, unless you want to go first, Andy. I'm happy whatever you'd like me to do. Well, I know that mine isn't as good as Andy's. So I, um, I will go first. And then maybe Sam could middle and then Andy or whatever. I'll be our anchor. So here's my pitch. So to me, my pitch is make good on the promise of four weddings and a funeral but not do a remake of four weddings and a funeral because i know that that was already done and it wasn't very successful so i want like a richard curtis like type dialogue type texture and type british humor i want the main conflict to sort of be a harry met sally-esque couple to friend thing i want it to be a movie where they only get together in the last get together romantically in the last like 20 minutes at most they need to spend be spending most of the time in like a sort of would they won't they push pull because that is my that's what i love i think it needs to be set in london or maybe amsterdam it's going to star phoebe waller bridge and ryan gosling i mean how good would they be uh, and I don't, I really wanted to have time to like flesh out the cast of characters with friends. I don't know what exactly it's going to be, but Hugh Laurie is going to be in it. Cause I think that he and Phoebe Waller-Bridge would be really fun to watch together. Maybe as like a boss or something like that. That's, that's what I got, got so far for you. You can have the older neighbor part like Holiday. Yeah, sure. Sam, what's your pitch me? I've just started thinking about this right now. Oh, no. (laughs) I can go, Sam. Yeah, you go. Okay. So, first of all, this elevator is uh, taking off at the first floor of the Empire State Building. We're going all the way up to the observation deck. So, it might be a long ride. Oh, no. So, people are saying the rom-com is dead. A little washed up. Been there, done that. We need somebody to come in, a ringer, who's got a track record of rehabilitating old properties, old ideas uh, that were pretty much dead and making them brand spanking new again. So my rom-com is written and directed by Ryan Coogler, a la Creed, and his rehabilitation of the Rocky franchise. Obviously, it's going to star his muse, Michael B. Jordan, as a Rich Paul-esque NBA power agent, his lifelong friend, or longtime friend, and uh, biggest client is uh, Giannis. This is finally the script that has turned Giannis's head so much that he's willing to do a movie and take his time and take some time away from uh, basketball. So you got Michael B. Jordan. as basically Rich Paul, 
you got Giannis in there. This is this started out as perfecting train wreck, which I think is just such an awesome premise, but um, it's really a check that never cashes for me. Um, with respect to to the rom com archetype, so that's like one thing we're trying to do here. We're also trying to um, make like a spiritual remake to When Harry Met Sally, or not remake, a sequel to When Harry Met Sally. So the the love interest opposite Michael B. Jordan uh, is going to be Julia Garner, who is like wink wink the daughter of a Harry and Sally type. It'd be too on the nose to cast Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan, but we've got some uh, you know, surrogates or proxies for them. So I got Paul Reiser and Mary Stuart Masterson as basically who Harry and Sally would have grown into being 30 years later. And they uh, have this daughter who is, who's very much like who you would imagine as the as the eventual child of, of Harry and Sally. It's set in New York, obviously. Um, and the, the, the script is very much in dialogue with, you know, things being now, you know, from when Harry met Sally, very retrograde with, you know, the rom-coms being very white. Um, Eddie Murphy, I think if we can get him to agree to it, is going to be Michael B. Jordan's dad for more like 80s references and in, in, in love. I heard he's looking um, for a project like this, so I'm, I'm, I, more, think, I think this could go well. More nods to when Harry met Sally. Uh, Julia Garner's friend, best friend, is going to be Billy Lord, if she's available. <laughs> I, I think she is. Um, yeah, I think it's really great. It's a great pitch, Andy. It's the magnum opus of pitches. Sam, do you have anything that you'd like to pitch? I have the very beginnings of an idea. And I'm skipping. I am pulling actors with time periods and pushing them together with other actors from different time Mm. periods. So I first want to take Julia Roberts from Pretty Woman. Okay. Okay, okay. And I want to take Paul Rudd. <gasps> Whoa! <laughs> I guessed. Older Paul Rudd, not maybe maybe not right now, but maybe five years ago. Mm, like Ant Man Rudd. Like Ant Man mm. Rudd, yeah, exactly. Mm. And I want to do a, a a little nod to Emma and and. And clueless in that Paul Rudd is older. He's been in a relationship, and I don't know if Julia Roberts is like friends with his younger sister. So they've she's he's known her for a very long time, but hasn't looked at her in this way. And then yeah, they so Paul Rudd already did this. I know. In clueless, <laughs> but that's the point. Is I want to do be more more adult version of this. Okay. Okay. And this is good. I would watch this. Do and, we acknowledge? Do we do we acknowledge Paul Rudd's Judaism? <laughs> <laughs> yes, just for you. Uh, yeah, you got a cool picture. <laughs> <laughs> and I want it to be set in Chicago because I don't boo, want boo. about I don't want about last night to be the one that like because Big Sick is set in Chicago, but it's not Chicago. Like it doesn't feel like Chicago is a main part of it. And about last night is a terrible movie. So I want a real rom-com to be set in Chicago. 
And I guess it's like Clueless, except not a high school movie. That's kind of what I want. And Julia Roberts is kind of was like, just, I don't know. He hasn't been around her for a while. And I don't know who the, his little sister would be, who like is kind of against them getting together. Demi Moore? No, she's, I don't want that because she's too attractive. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe, or maybe Julia Roberts was, had dated Paul Rudd's little brother. I don't know. They are just, these are just ideas floating around in my mind. I like it. I like it a lot. You'll never work in this town again, Sam. Maybe Beanie Feldstein would be his little sister. I thought about it. She was on my short list. But, uh... For your movie or for Sam's? <laughs> he already has a short list for my movie. No, for mine. For mine. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, that's my... That's, she that's was where too I young, was. ultimately. I literally just, just thought of it. I like it. Very nice. Wow. I'm, I'm very pleased by where we ended up talking about this genre. Think we did it justice. Any other, not necessarily burning questions, but thoughts burning a hole in your pocket about any of the movies that we didn't really go over? We, I mean, we did, we did pretty well. I'd say we didn't talk that much about forgetting Sir Marshall, which, which is fine. Which is fine. I love the movie as a comedy, but it's not really that much of a rom com. Agreed. Um. We didn't talk that much about Moonstruck because I know I'd piss you guys off. I didn't. I it, thought it was fine. The Olympia Dukakis, and I think that we talked about the best parts. We did. It. We did. Um, yeah. And apart from that, I think we did pretty well. Good job. And that's the end of the rom com episode of The Best Thing I Ever Ate. We'd like to thank Dylan Stratton for our theme music and Leah Sardarian for our logo um, hopefully soon we'll have our next one heists out on iTunes and Spotify thanks for listening